Hey, welcome to the Gray Zone, episode 11. Uh, I had Cicely Killen on for my second episode where I had somebody else as a guest join me. And I got to say, it's an absolute blast. I really, really enjoy having people on as guests. Uh, It brings a whole new dynamic that I think is a really cool contrast from recording episodes completely alone. There's more of a dynamic and uh, an exchange of energy, and it's really nice to bounce ideas off of people. In this episode, Cicely and I chatted about her past, how that led her to being an entrepreneur, the calling that she had to do something different, do something that felt more aligned with her purpose, and how purpose and what we do aren't necessarily related. Purpose is more about the emotions that we feel. What we do is just one avenue through which we can express those. I hope you enjoy this episode. It was super fun to record. And a big thank you to Power Chalk for sponsoring us. Talk soon. Enjoy the episode. Awesome. All right, Cicely, Cicely Killam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's an honor. It really <laughs> is. Um, so we were just speaking and you mentioned one thing in particular about what you were looking for on this podcast and to kind of kick us off in that thread and to put you on the spot a little bit with this like really broad question, like who is Cicely Killam? Yeah, that's such a big question. I know. <laughs> and I want to narrow it down a little bit to start off. First, who is Cicely Killam from the perspective of like, you meet somebody on the street and they start chatting to you about life and about business. Like, how are you mm-hmm. talking to that individual? Yeah, great question because I'm so used to like selling myself as what I do for work. Yeah. But um, I mean, from a work perspective, I'm a holistic nutritionist mm-hmm. and an acne coach. But if I were meeting someone for the first time, I'd probably say I'm a small business owner and entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there's just so many different layers to me yeah. that we could go into. But I have been practicing as a holistic nutritionist for over eight years. Nice. And I've always been interested in working for myself. Like I always knew deep down from like since I was the age of 18, I was like, I know I'm going to work for myself. Really? Yeah. I didn't know how. I, there's like definitely layers to this as well, but I always knew it. And actually when I started my business, I always knew that I would be my own boss one day. Wow. Yes. That's like purest form of manifestation. (laughs) I love the confidence. Thanks. I don't know where it came from. (laughs) But you felt really like taken over by this, this idea that you would, you would have your own business. You would be your own boss at 18. I, I really did because I really didn't like working for other people. Mm. And I thought I was just lazy, to be honest. I, I thought I didn't like taking direction, but yeah. I liked to work and I was interested in work working. But um, when I actually started practicing and, you know, building my own practice, I started to really, truly believe that. I, I, mm. I realized, okay, I found something that I really like doing and now I can see it come to life and I can totally see myself being my own boss for the rest of my life. <laughs> Well, you know what? Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And good luck. Thank you. It's not easy. easy. Google Calendar is like rolling my life now. They're like my boss. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, When you were working with other people, 
what was it about having people kind of like tell you what to do or working on their on their goals that made you feel like you were lazy I think that's what it was is that it was their goals yeah. and it was their vision and even when I was brought into a business um, so for example I worked for two different startups that were wellness based before I became a holistic nutritionist but I was really interested in the wellness space yeah. and I was naturally practicing it but it wasn't my vision it wasn't my dream it wasn't my baby and I felt like I came in and it was great and I you know did my thing and it was fun but at the end of the day I would go home and I kept thinking like of all the hours I'm spending at this job I could have been spending building my own thing and that made me regret like it made me I didn't want to regret my life in that way do you know what I mean I do yeah so did it eat at you a little bit totally completely ate at me and i i remember like you know trying different areas of the workspace like i i did um i worked in real estate for a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and they really wanted me to become a realtor and i remember just thinking like no this isn't for me like i'm good at it and it's fine but there's something calling me and i think that's what drove me honestly from such a young age was just that knowing and that like constant desire to achieve what I didn't even know was going to happen, but I knew there was something that I was needing to achieve, if that makes any sense. Yeah, totally. You're like, there's something better out there for me. Yes. And this isn't it. Yes. So where do you think, because I I think it takes a lot of courage to listen to that Mm. and to act on it, because I think think we all have it. Mm -hmm. Maybe not, Mm -hmm. but I can relate to that experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think there's a lot of pressure growing up in North America in particular mm-hmm. to kind of follow this, what I've always felt like was a factory line setting of mm-hmm. like, get good grades so you can go to a high school and get good grades in high school so you can go to university and get good grades in university so you can get a degree, mm. get the degree so you can get a job so you can pay for a mortgage, so you can buy a house, so you can have kids. And, and it just felt so like like everything was for something else mm-hmm. and the really what you were getting was approval from yes. from the people around you from your parents from their yes. friends that their child was doing a good job yes. so like how did you get all the courage to 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 stand up to that and to say no this is such a good question because honestly up until I'd say this year my parents had not like no idea what I was doing they're mm-hmm. like do you even work like do you have a job <laughs> like I can't figure it out yeah. um so because it's obviously a bit of an unconventional path and I, I was really lucky in a way I had a, a lot of polarity in my upbringing where my parents were split and my mom was she still to this day is very much logical thinker. You know, she wants to make sure I'm uh, safe. I'm, you know, taking care of myself, um, you know, just really following that kind of path that would set me up for like a good successful life. Obviously it wasn't that rigid, but she always kind of had that. I always kind of felt that from her in a really good way where I felt like, yes, I am learning how to take care of myself. And that was the best thing she could have taught me. Mm-hmm. And then I had my dad, my birth dad on the other side where he was like a full on or still to this day is like very creative and, um, you know, very focused on when, when I was like six years old, we do like mind maps 
tips about what our dreams were in life oh, and our cool. purpose. And yeah, so I, I felt that polarity kind of my whole life where I thought, okay, yes, on one hand, I, I need to make sure I can take care of myself. But on the other, I need to make sure that I honor, you know, what are my like my dreams are and like yeah. actually live out and and achieve them or else what's the point of life at the end of the day mm. right and I felt so there was that but then I did feel a, a lot of pressure from my family yeah. and my friends it, it it's no one's fault for you know questioning what I was doing yeah but I wasn't following the you know status quo I wasn't following the typical timeline mm. of a you know, young girl in her twenties, uh, on set on her career path. And so I think a lot of people were nervous for me and questioned what I was doing, but it, I stuck it out. I was like, no, I have to keep going. Huh. Yeah. Did you take any of that nervousness on? Like, did you experience any of that through self doubt or? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I had like massive imposter syndrome and I I think I had a really good community in my early 20s that helped me get out of that. I had a lot of people who were doing similar things to me and or like working in a similar industry as me. And so I felt like we kind of had each other. Mm. And I actually hired a business coach in okay. 2020 who okay. I dabbled working with her previously, but I really dove in deep in 2020 and she changed my life because she taught me how to get over imposter syndrome. Mm. And I think that was a big hindrance for achieving or like getting my career to where I wanted it to be essentially. And that changed everything. Mindset was a hundred percent my problem. Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, it's not always my fault, but it is my responsibility. Boom. I fucking love that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and like once you realize that you're fully in control of yeah. your life and you get to choose you know, we can't, as you know, we can't choose what happens to us, but we can choose how we react. Yes. And once I understood my mind, I understood, you know, what was holding me back in my business. Mm. Then I realized, okay, now it's now my responsibility to take action mm -hmm. and like actually go forward with this yeah. and, you know, do my thing. Do your thing. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, there's so much there. Okay. <laughs> so I fully like support that mindset is everything perspective mm -hmm. is everything and shifting that can be the hardest challenge because how you look at the world doesn't feel like an object it feels like the way things are until mm. you recognize that you can move it to like another object on the table in front of you yeah and it's really impossible sometimes until you have somebody else just through something they say accidentally even yeah. give you that power that you always had. And I love what you said too about like responsibility and you can't control what happens, but you control how you act. Um, and it might not be your fault, but it's your responsibility, how you respond, like taking, taking ownership, like recognizing rather, even if you don't feel like it's your fault, you're choosing to give the power away mm -hmm. and that's still your choice yeah. so when it comes to that imposter syndrome that you were feeling and your your coach helped you your business coach helped you move past it my question around that is and I'm sure it's different to everybody but like how did she help you move past mm. your imposter syndrome like I'm sure it was specific and unique to you mm -hmm. but like 
and you know, whatever, share as much as you want about yeah. it, but I'm curious. For sure. I, I think there, there are obviously so many steps to this. I think the first thing was she asked me what I wanted and I'd actually never laid out what I wanted. Really? I actually never really said, oh, you know, I want a six figure business. I want a seven figure business. I want, I want to have employees. I don't want to have employees. Like she, I, I'd never actually truly asked myself because I, when I was in my early twenties, I can admit that I felt like I was waiting for someone to give me opportunity. Mm. I was waiting for something to be handed to me. Mm. And I, I knew I had all this this goodness to share with the world. And I knew that I wanted to do something <laughs> um, impactful, but I was waiting for someone to just take my hand and say, okay, come with me. Now we're going to, we're going to do this and we're going to build you a business and it's all going to be good. We're going to land you a cookbook deal. And I was waiting for that. And so I think a, I didn't know what I wanted. So when she asked me what I wanted, I took, you know, I thought long and hard and I really wrote down, okay, what actually do I want? What do mm. I want my life to look like? And then she helped me understand how to structure my life and my business around that. Mm. And then I would come in and I would say, okay, so you want me to be doing this, but how I can't do that. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And she would say, yes, you do. And you have to take ownership of it before you're ready. And I think it was a, it was wow. a lot of that just like, okay, I'm going to raise my rates before I'm ready. Because the only way I'm going to be able to do that is, is, like you, you can't, you can't expect change if, if you aren't making change. Mm-hmm. Right. So like yeah. I couldn't keep doing what I was doing yeah. and expect ch- a change. Like mm-hmm. it just, it didn't, it didn't add up. So I think it was a lot of that, like looking at the big picture and then breaking down yeah. specifically what that would look like to get there. So do you feel like there's something in that lesson that you could apply to maybe the next challenge that you're facing right now? Or do you think it's something, a new set of challenges that that no longer applies to? 100%. It's the exact same thing. Really? I thought, I'm I'm really happy with where I got my business to this year. And I'm really proud of myself because I had a goal for myself of what I wanted my life to look like. What did I want my work to look like? And I got there. And then when I got there, I just kept thinking like, okay, well now what? Right. Mm. I hadn't actually visualized what came after when I hit my goal. (laughs) Right. Like what, what happens now? So I had to go back to the drawing board. Okay. What, what do I want? And I've had a lot of people help me in this recently. I'm feeling really grateful for the people in my life. Um, you included (laughs) (laughs) and you know, just going again, going back to that entire method, it's like, okay, what do I want and what do I need to change to get there? And yes, it's going to be terrifying. And yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. And yes, I'm going to feel massive imposter syndrome, but I have to do it if I want to get there. I have to do it if I want to change. It's not just going to be handed to me. Mm-hmm. I have to work for it. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, when you have purpose in life, that's what keep, that's what brings joy. Mm. You know, and if yeah. you're continuously working towards that greater thing, especially if when you work for yourself, yeah. because you need that motivation to keep going, mm-hmm. even when times are really tough. Mm-hmm. So like you talked about purpose a lot then. Yeah. Like, and it's really, in, I love that your dad at six years old was having you like write out what your dreams were. Do you remember, by the way, what you'd written down at all at that time? I really wish I'd kept it, but I, I'm a Pisces. I'm okay. very head in the clouds, very yeah. creative, very nice. free flight, like probably the last person you'd expect to be a small business owner or working for themselves because we're kind of all over yeah, the yeah, place. Yeah. Um, 
I think I remember talking a lot about being in creative flow and, you know, being close to nature and helping people. I always thought maybe I'd be like a veterinarian mm. or in, in working in the hospital or something. And yeah. in a way, what I thought I would always do as a child, I am doing now because I am helping people heal yes. in a different way. Yes. And there were, you know, a lot of times a lot of years in my life where I wanted to be an actor and a lot of my work now is on social media. So it, it always translates, right? You never really know how it's going to Interesting. translate, but it does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love, I find that fascinating, that connection between like acting mm -hmm. and social media. And I'm super curious, like how you line those two things up. Yeah. It seemed like you just did. Yeah. I mean, I loved being on stage. I did like musical theater and acting in high school mm -hmm. and I never really dabbled in the film world because it terrified me. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, I could mm -hmm. have if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I just would have had to break down some barriers within myself. But I think I naturally gravitated towards social media and felt really comfortable on camera because of my acting experience. So I don't think it's a coincidence that I was able to grow on social media. I think I had the tools. It, I had the tools in my back pocket. Like yeah. I knew how to be comfortable in front of a camera yeah I knew how to be comfortable in front of an audience and I, I, I looking back when I grew my social media page in those early days because it was a really quick growth and then it kind of stagnated for a while but in that early quick growth I feel like I was almost like naive to the like do you know when people these days they, they're posting on social media and they're thinking like oh this is so cringe of me or I can't yeah. take myself seriously yeah, or yeah, who I am I it. to say this, I right? Yeah. I just never had that. I don't know what happened, what world I was living in. Again, it was probably like my little Pisces bubble, but it really worked to my favor. And, and now I try and take that energy when I am nervous to show up online. Yeah. I take that and I think like, okay, who really cares and who's really watching? And if I just live in my little bubble and it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> And we kind of are in our bubbles in our own way, aren't we? Well, like, everyone's too worried about themselves to really yes, care. Let's be exactly, honest. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And if anyone truly cares, then it's probably a reflection of what's going on for them. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask as well, while we're on the Instagram topic, like, I don't know, I assume you've seen the the Netflix documentary, this, I can't remember what it's called anymore, about, like, social media. Maybe you haven't. But, like, the, some of the detriments mm -hmm. of social media just on society and mm. some of the mental health around it. And I was curious. Like, I find myself in a situation where, um, like, I've deleted Instagram for periods of time. It's gone back on my phone mm. there's periods where i'm on it all the time mm. there's periods where i'm like better with it mm -hmm. but it feels like something that i need to try and manage mm. to be able to have room to like to think mm. and to be myself and to be able to to get bored even mm. and so as somebody whose business and this could be a misconception because i don't understand your business well enough but it seemed like at least because I follow you on Instagram, your business largely is shared through Instagram and mm -hmm. communicated through Instagram. Like, how do you manage mm. that? Great question. It's a big dilemma a lot of people struggle with. Because if you're a small business owner, the chances that you'll have to have your business online is like very high. 
in order for it to succeed and get to the masses, right? Um, so I get it. I get the struggle. I think I was really lucky because I, I enjoyed it. But there were definitely times in my life where I had a very unhealthy relationship with social media. And I didn't have the right kind of people to talk to. And it definitely consumed a lot of my life. Mm. But luckily, I learned a lot of tools to just like self-manage. And what you said there is so important. It's the idea that like it's we, we have to feel boredom at times. We can't we can't spend all our free time scrolling on social media we have to have stillness we have to have boredom because that's when the best ideas happen that's when the best connections to yourself happen that's when you have the most beautiful thoughts right um so i think running a business online it is in a way a blessing and a curse because on one hand how cool is that that i get to speak to tens of thousands of people every single day and run my business through basically one or two platforms. Like that's actually really, really cool. Um, But on the other hand, you know, you want to make sure that A, you're being responsible and showing up and not making people even more addicted to social media because that's the big issue, right? You want to make people feel like they're coming to you for support and not, you know, um, for comparison, Mm. essentially. And then, of course, I have to create my own boundaries around social media. And one thing that's actually... completely changed the game for me and this is it's only week two (laughs) but I feel like this is a very positive change is I've now set very specific times out of my work day to check Instagram TikTok whatever the social media platform is and reply to the messages there and post so before I was just replying to messages whenever they came up I thought oh this is an integral part of my business I have to show up or I'd be filming or posting any time of the day where my mind was just everywhere. Yeah. It was, and I'd be like refreshing the page, looking for the likes and it was addicting. It was that dopamine rush. Right. And now I have my set time where my calendar tells me, Mm -hmm. okay, you have one hour to reply to everybody. After that, you're done. You have to wait till tomorrow. And that's, that's been helping a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stoked for you. Thank you. I'll have to try that myself. (laughs) It's very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I want to try and make a connection here and I could be off. Mm Mm-hmm. But your eyes kind of lit up when you said how like boredom and stillness are required to have good ideas and feel more connected to yourself. And I'm curious, like, have you had any moments like that recently or just ones that where you felt like Sicily was sitting with Sicily and just like (laughs) vibing? You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Because I actually just came off of a five-week Europe trip with my my partner, as you know, and it was beautiful and it was great to be around people. And there were some really amazing benefits to that. Like I felt felt the the love of community and like always eating meals with someone else and just having companionship is so beautiful. But I don't think I had a single like moment to myself Mm -hmm. if I'm looking back on it, which isn't normal for everyday life. Like that's not typical, right? So when I came back, I, first of all, I experienced this like massive dopamine crash where I was all of a sudden feeling completely lonely and was thinking like, I, I have, there's no one around me. I, what's going on? I feel so low, but I, I recognized that that was just the hormone release. Right. Gotcha. And in, I was actually really close to kind of diving into social media because that would have been an easy dopamine fix. Right? I felt that tug. I felt that tug. But I was able to stop myself when I recognized the patterns. Yeah. 
But what I noticed happened over the next few days was the first 48 hours were really difficult. And then after that, you know, I was still spending my days by myself, eating my meals alone, and the ideas started coming. So I'd be on my walk, I'd be on my run, I'd be in the shower, and I'd think, I think, oh my goodness, I just had the best idea for a video, or I have this amazing workshop I want to plan. And it was, it just reminded me how important those bored, still, random moments are, yeah. especially for a creative. Like you can't force that. Yeah. It needs to come in times when you're lost in your own thoughts. Yes. And I now use, again, coming back to Google Calendars, changed my life. I use the tasks app on Google Calendar. Yeah. I have a little capture list yeah. under that where if anything comes to mind, I just throw it in there. Sick. And I find that's been really helpful to just like get it out of my head and onto some, onto a screen. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. exciting though. Really like, exciting. It, yeah. That's sick. Yeah. So it, moments to yourself are really, really important. And I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners can relate mm-hmm. because we're alone a lot. But we're not always bored and alone. Mm. We're usually overworked and alone. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's funny, like, um, just to give an anecdotal story here, but on, on that mm-hmm. piece of like being overworked and alone versus bored and alone. Mm. Oh, there's so many things I want to say. Okay. Do you relate to this? I relate to this in a different way, and it has to do with with rock climbing. Mm. Mm-hmm. I had five months where I wasn't working. I'd come back from. Australia, I just graduated university, it was COVID, and I was looking for work. And I already loved rock climbing. Like I spent a year in Australia, where I was taking four classes a semester. It was pass or fail. They were three month semesters. And I was there for like or four month semesters. And I was there for 13. So I had a lot of time. And yeah, all of it went to like, not all of it, but a large part of it went to climbing. Mm. Like when people ask me like, oh, what do you do? I'm, I I said like, oh, I'm, I'm a climber. Like this wow. is what I do. I just felt so identified with it. Yeah. And then I come back and it's COVID and like, well, I love this thing. Build a wall in my backyard, spend $1,500 on that. Wow. Yeah. And just like I overtrained like a madman. Like three or four hours of exercise daily wow. which is too much I, be, I did become the strongest I ever was mm-hmm. and right after that I immediately hurt myself and spent a year yeah trying to fix that yeah and to me that's the same thing as an entrepreneur overworking themselves overworking themselves mm-hmm. overworking themselves and then they explode mm-hmm. and I think it's a lesson that's really hard to to share to be like managed like rest like rest is and a part of the equation that's just as important as the exercise yeah yeah um yeah and we're being like over we're like uh sorry we're um overworking and like exercise it it becomes like really addicting yes right like it's because it's what we know and it's what we're familiar with and it's what we're taught as kids you know like work hard study like go faster in the swim meet or the soccer game and like that feels addicting when you feel like you're doing something positive in the world right you're good oh the more you study the better grades you get or the harder you work you get the promotion so there's always that reward where Mm -hmm. there's actually no reward for rest and I think that psychologically part of us thinks like if we rest we're gonna fall behind yeah but you're right I think there's massive trends coming out showing us that and research of course as well that resting even if you just look at it from like an athletic standpoint is actually like 
just, like you said, just as important yes. as the activity. Yes. So the same thing in work, right? Yeah. And like, it's like those small little pieces of rest, like you either take them every day, even if it's like 20 minutes, an hour, right? Half yeah. an hour. Or they all add up until you've got like a mountain of rest that you need to take because you're burnt out. <laughs> yeah. and you need to take four months off. Yes. And that's not sustainable. Exactly. It's really not. Exactly. At all. How yeah. are you supposed to build a business if like every year and a half you've got to take three months off? Totally. And this is actually a really interesting thing that my my business coach proposed to me last year. She said, look, Cicely, I know you have all these big goals for your business and for your, for your life, but, you know, do you actually want your life to to look like that? Like, do you actually want to be managing like 50 employees and yeah. managing, you know, just like a massive amount of money and, and partnerships? And I, and I asked myself and I realized, actually, I don't. Yeah. I want to live a good, relaxed life. Yes, I'm ambitious. Yes, I want to, you know, help people. I want to grow in my business. But do I want to absolutely grind to the point where I'm not even enjoying my life anymore? Mm. No. Where a lot of people don't even stop and think to ask themselves, like, what's the limit? Yes. Where? What's my happiness limit? Yes. When will I be satisfied? Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. It's a funny one. Yeah, it's a great one. <laughs> um, there's a couple, like, key points that I'd like to, to touch on. And then whatever comes out, comes out. And, you know, we can wrap it up naturally. There's no rush. But... One of the things, so I'm just trying to manage, like, because you're saying things at different points throughout this conversation, and they're spawning different ideas in my head. <laughs> so I want to come back to purpose for a second. Okay. As a child, you spent a lot of time thinking about different purpose and dreams. Mm -hmm. Then you had a nagging feeling like, I have this purpose, this thing inside of me, mm. and it's not being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Now as an entrepreneur... You're working hard, it seems like, on something that feels like your purpose. Yeah, nods, perfect. So when you have these moments where you're allowed to daydream and you're able to step away from social media, you know, it's got to be a couple of days to be able to actually just, like, have ideas come to you. I'm wondering, like, before you started to act on your purpose, mm. when you had moments like that, were they as free and comfortable or were they more like, I feel like I'm not doing what I want to be doing? Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think, well, I, actually what you asked me made me realize, like actually sparked something where I remember when I would envision my dream career, I always envisioned that I'd be like working so hard that I was so tired. Mm. So I'm actually like in a better place than I think. I would have been. But actually, can you rephrase the question? Because I don't think totally. I fully grasped that. Yeah, me neither. Um, <laughs> essentially, like, right now, you're feeling good about yourself. You're in line with your purpose. You're doing what you want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And you've switched to taking control of your life, which mm -hmm. feels really empowering. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, do you think if you hadn't listened to that voice inside of you being like, no, Cicely, there's something better. There's mm. something better. This isn't it for you. If you hadn't listened to that, do you think mm. you would have felt just as comfortable to be able to have moments of silence just as good as you do now mm. if you hadn't lived in line with your purpose or would that, would that have stuck with you? Yeah, I, it is such a good question. I, I feel like very privileged 
um, having the opportunity to fulfill what I, you know, my dreams and, you know, just from such a young age, I just feel like I was really set up for success in that way. But I do think I would, I would have felt that way for the rest of my life if I never found my purpose or pursued my purpose. I have a lot of people in my life who are going through that right now and then they're 30, right? They're thinking like, okay, I never really asked myself like what I want to do or what I want to leave behind or what I'm good at and what people want from me and, and they're going through it now. So I feel really lucky that I went through it when I was younger where I had a little bit more playroom, a little bit more wiggle room. Mm. Right. And I think I was mentioning like, um, someone asked me the other day, like, what would I do for work if I get get paid anything, like yes. any amount of money, right? Yes. And my, I like, didn't even hesitate, and I said, oh, like, one hundred percent, I would just be doing what I'm doing, like, yeah. even if it wasn't getting paid and I didn't need money, like, I would be doing what I'm doing, and that that answered everything for me. Specifically with the skin, the skin like clearing, helping people have clear. Yeah, but it's skin. honestly is like that, not even about the thing? skin. It's about p- making people feel confident in their bodies helping them recognize that they have options for healing that they're being listened to or being heard that they're being cared for because mm-hmm. a lot of my work is is like when people struggle with acne there's a lot of mindset work going on there yeah. because a lot of people just won't listen to them like the doctors aren't listening they'll just prescribe the medication mm-hmm. the dermatologist again medication so no one's really helping them understand that they have there there are answers and that they have solutions and they don't need to be like pumped full of meds they don't want to be right and so i think in one way shape or form my work would look like that yeah. and it just took on this body of of acne like that's just because I went through it and that's just something that that ended up you know really resonating with people yeah but it could have been anything right yeah and maybe my business will evolve as I go older right yeah of course it will it will not totally you'll evolve yes exactly so I'm excited to see what happens there and I know that I'll be okay as long as I follow you know what I'm good at and if I'm helping people okay so I want to pinpoint something here because I think this is super interesting. Okay. You made it clear that it doesn't matter what you're doing, right? Mm, Yes. It's not like the acne is just, I don't know, whatever. It's just the package. Totally. It's the puppet. For your purpose. (laughs) Yeah. And the purpose is really the helping people. Yes. I think when people have the sensation that you had in the past of what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. What is it for me? Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're supposed to figure out what the thing is. Yes. And once they figure it out, they can start doing things. But it seems like you're saying it doesn't actually matter what the thing is. As long as its core values are aligned with you, maybe it helps if you have some emotional tie to the thing, mm-hmm. right? Because you said you went through it. So there's that piece of like, mm-hmm. you understand yeah. the emotions of that individual also going through it and mm-hmm. you can lend a hand, but it's more about like, okay, where am I emotionally invested? Mm-hmm. Can I help people in that same area? Mm-hmm. The rest is irrelevant. Like Yes. And it's actually our pain that's our purpose, mm-hmm. right? So that's why a lot of people like can help in areas that they've struggled with, yes. whether that's like someone who works in business development because they've you know, struggled with their businesses early on, right? Or I had acne, now I help people clear it. Because I, I get 
we get them. Yeah. We get where the where people have been, and that makes you really good at what you do. But I like you said. I love how you said um, the the package. Like it's it doesn't you're packaging your purpose. Yeah. That's it's so so true. And I think I have a lot of people in my life who get um, they they're frozen, right? So they they don't know what to specifically focus on because they haven't quite figured out their quote unquote thing. Mm -hmm. But I always say to them, like, again, it doesn't matter. Like just start something, just do anything. And it will naturally happen. It'll naturally progress. You'll you'll either quickly realize, okay, this isn't for me, or maybe it takes a new shape or new Mm -hmm. form. Maybe you meet someone out of that who shows you Mm -hmm. something that you're really aligned with. And Mm -hmm. the only way to find out is to just do it and to just start, not overthink it. How, so it's so hard because the people frozen are typically overthinking it, right? Yes. And to just say, do the thing and stop overthinking is like, right? It's hard. Yes. It's hard. So, and it makes me think of the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems and the fright, like fight, flight, or freeze versus like calm, relaxed, and creative. Yes. And uh, I wonder how one can shift from like fight, flight, or freeze around purpose and what they should be doing with their lives to calm, relaxed, and creative to be able to pursue i think the the best piece of advice i ever got around that was you know what you choose to do today or tomorrow isn't set in stone for the rest of your life yeah so again even when you're trying to figure out what your purpose is it's like it doesn't really matter how how you get there Mm -hmm. or when you get there Mm -hmm. it's actually like the search for it and the journey that you take to get there that like ends up making you really good at what you do yes right so i think again yeah it is really easy to say oh just start but for overthinkers that's like the worst possible thing you could hear Mm -hmm. but it is so true because what again like just start something and then see where it takes you but always keep your your you know your your vision and your goals and I think that's what, I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, you're making but, sense. Yeah. You're making dollars. <laughs> okay. You're making money. Yeah. It's working for you. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's just, I just have that advantage. Like maybe that's just my personality where I've always felt that like, you know, I didn't, didn't really overthink things. Yeah. Right. Um, but I think that's the best piece of advice I ever got was nothing set in stone. Nothing is. Yeah. Except rock. Except rock. <laughs> That's why you Except climb so. it. Exactly. Yeah, you climb it. Because <laughs> it's stable. <laughs> and you can get over it. Yeah. <laughs> and you climb the next one. And you climb that. It's a never-ending climb. Exactly. Never-ending problem. Always changing. Yeah. Love that. Okay. So last, like, theme of the podcast here. And then you can ask me a question at the end, too. Amazing. Yeah, why not? Let's just keep <laughs> um, What's your next... What's something that you're trying to face in your business, in your growth, as both a business owner, as Sicily? Like, mm-hmm. what's your next wave that you got to figure out how to ride? It's again coming back to that, knowing that I'm not going to achieve what I want to achieve without changing something and stepping out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. because I can't keep doing what I'm doing and expect b- b- different results. Like, I'm, I'm just going to get the same results if I keep doing what I'm doing. You know, so I've had to sit down with myself for the past couple of weeks and ask myself, okay, do I really want this and how bad do I want this? And what am I what am I willing to do to get there? Am I willing to step out of my comfort zone? And sometimes that takes a push from other people, because when you're working for yourself, it's really lonely and you don't have that, you know, second person always affirming what you're doing. 
or critiquing and that can feel very scary but luckily I have support in my life right now where people are saying like just do it like why not why not try because what's the worst that could happen when you try like Mm -hmm. you're gonna grow in some way you're gonna learn some lesson or you're you know going to become more successful either way you're going to get something out of it so i think just remembering again it's coming back to that like nothing set in stone just try and see what happens and that like i'm this is fully my responsibility like i get to decide how happy i am how successful i am how many people i help i get to decide that yes so what's holding you back right now from taking that step Uh, A little bit of uh, imposter syndrome, a little bit of, I I like control. So I feel a little bit out of control when I'm taking on new responsibilities or changing up my schedule or, you know, taking big leaps, right? Or like speaking live or partnering with people that are like, I could never in a million years dream that I'd partner with, you know? And I think, I think that's what it is, is like owning who I am and owning that I'm good at what I do and that like using that purest form of manifestation where like you're you believe that you already are there in order mm-hmm. to get there mm-hmm. so I think that's gonna be the challenge is like yeah some days that might be easy and some days that might be really hard but it's showing up on the hard days that's going to make all the difference mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what's holding you back is could you say it in a more specific way so many things um what's holding me back the most is lack of knowing of what my future is gonna look like like lack of control around what's really gonna happen okay so there's like some because i'm comfortable with familiar right now yeah if that makes sense and you're like fuck getting here was hard yeah what will the next step this take, next yeah. step like require from totally the unknown and is there an assumption in there that maybe you can't handle it oh 100 percent. okay definitely again it comes back to that not believing in yourself and imposter syndrome right can i ask you a question yeah if you if you assume that you are fully capable of handling that Mm -hmm. and you imagined what the world did look like for a minute where like even though you didn't know 100% what you're doing, you are more than capable of Mm. stepping through that. Like, what would you do tomorrow? Like, what would you do next? I would, I mean, I've really been practicing it this week, so I feel like I would just continue. Sick. So, like, a goal I had for myself this week was to go, like, live on Instagram, which is kind of scary for me, which is so funny. But I'm like, I know I have to, I, I think, like, keeping a promise to yourself is like one of the best things you can do and even if it's just for you like I don't think anyone really cares that I'm going live on Instagram right now but eventually they will and right now it's just for me right to show myself that I'm capable so I think I think if I'm in that if I can get into that mindset I think the thing I would do tomorrow is again just show up and be like yeah this is hard but I'm gonna do it anyways oh yeah right oh yeah 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 crazy so much to think about okay so now a question for you oh yeah go for it i mean i would just love to know like what was what is something that you've recently realized about yourself or what you're moving through and if you've received any advice or if you've been able to work through it yourself 
I've always find that super interesting. Mm-hmm. I know it's a very general question. No, I mean, it's nice. It's nice to be general because there's, I think there's a lot of things I could say. So something that I've been moving through recently. Or yeah, or something through. that you've kind of like been woken up to where you realize, I don't know, like for me, it was like taking responsibility. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Hmm. I feel like mine, and it's in a way, it's all the same thing. But something that I've learned recently is around initiative. Mm. Um, I also like I love dreaming big. Mm. I love it; it's so fun. <laughs> but I'm also very surprisingly like rhythmic mm. in how I do things, mm-hmm. and I naturally like gravitate in a relaxed way. It's strange to routines. Mm. and to patterns totally um and sometimes it's easy to stay in those and not take the initiative to step towards yeah doing bigger things yeah and so that manifests itself in a million different ways like you could say well christian you're doing the podcast like that's initiative you know right true but there's 10 things i could probably tell you in the next five minutes if i really sat down to that I can make better about the podcast mm. if I sat down and did it in mm-hmm. like two hours. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Now, what I am appreciating about this lesson recently is that I've started to take more initiative. Mm-hmm. And something you mentioned earlier around community, like community when you were 20, in your 20s that helped you like stick with pursuing what you wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. It's a huge part of what's helped me take initiative mm. now in this point in my life. Um but like continuing to do that is both uh, a interplay between like getting myself to do it, mm-hmm. but giving myself permission to, to, to like lean on others. Yes. Um, and mess up. And mess up. Oh yeah. That's yeah. my, probably am the best at that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Me too. Like I'm so good at doing something imperfectly. I'm so good at doing something imperfectly and then being okay with that. Yeah, good. Because, but the downside is like, I hold myself back because I could do it so much better. Right. That's a little bit of perfectionism then. Well, it's lacking. The perfectionism is lacking. Yeah, I see what you mean. Because I'm like, man, just do it. And like the process will get me there and I'll be fine. Right. But then I'm not like never pressured enough to make it good now. I, I'm the same. Yes. I'm very much the same. Yes. And that's okay. where we lean on community yes. to push us and call us out on our BS, right? Bullshit. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yes, yeah, this has been so fun. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks for having me. No problem. <laughs> um, Do you want to share like a little bit, just like the name of your yeah. business and maybe even your business coach if anybody wants to for sure. reach yeah. out to her? So my business is called The Pure Life, mm-hmm. P-U-R-E, and I'm on Instagram at the Pure Life underscore if you want to follow me for nutrition or acne tips. <laughs> and the business coach I worked with, her name is Kaylee Dimmick, and she was amazing. She's based out of Halifax, and she changed my life, so I'm really grateful for her. Sick. Is she really yeah. relaxed? Totally. Yeah. yeah. I'm very, totally, yeah. <laughs> She's very sure of everything, Sick. which is a good, good quality to have in a business coach. Huh. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Awesome. Well, sweet. Thanks, I'll Christian. End it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs>